Hello and welcome to the Change in Education podcast. As the UK's largest education business partnership, the Change in Education group delivers the best in-class work experience and careers management services. Why not find out more? Check out our website, changingeducation.co.uk and send us an email, info at changingeducation.co.uk. In today's episode, we look at Labour Market Information, or LMI, looking at the learning objectives, what LMI is, and also look at future trends and where things are going. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Change in Education podcast. My name is Amos Madrum, joined by company directors and co-founders, Matthew Hodgkinson and Stephen Hackney. And this week we're talking about Labour Market Information, LMI. Uh, a sector that is continually growing here, especially in the Northwest, uh, in different areas in finance and business, construction, information technology, transport, storage, and so much more. And we here at the Change in Education Group are very much hands on in this sector, supporting students, whether it's through careers guidance or through our work based learning. So, Matthew, good morning to you, starting with you. How are you? And uh, Tell us about uh, changing education's role in supporting local businesses, especially uh, when it comes to finance and uh, these other areas. Morning, Amos. Good morning. Can you hear me okay this morning? I can indeed, yes. Excellent. There's always a little bit of background noise at this time of day. I'm always enjoying a nice a nice coffee in a local coffee shop. Uh, wow, okay. So, yeah, it's, this, is, this is a really interesting topic. I think it changes year on year. You know, various government drivers potentially influence the uh, the LMI statistics. But we, you know, what we do, our role is we provide LMI information as well as look into it as well. Uh, you look at the numbers of employment opportunities that we source for young people. We're shaping LMI data and we hold data such as where young people want to go what they aspire to become in their journeys and then share that information with the with the labor market as well as the as, as board of governance within schools across the uk so just to give you an example 2018 2019 uh probably upwards of 200,000 young people access work experience through our portal and through our service delivery model and therefore we have in, in excess of 200,000 employment uh, opportunities created and also the desired employment. Not all, not, young people don't always access the employment opportunities that was first on their list. You know, they may well have told us that they wanted to be uh, working IT, then finance, and then uh, you know, software. But they may have gone into a retail placement. So obviously we have labor market information uh, that we are that we're looking at in the local area that, that may have persuaded us to make a retail decision for a young person because the other three organizations or or uh, market areas may not have been available but we definitely are providing more and more LMI information to the local area by the sheer volume of opportunities that we are creating but there is, I mean, there's something we'll probably get into now, and I've probably just, you know, spoken too much already, but ultimately we have to look at the area, what's happening in that area, what the young person wants, and 
be realistic. So we are both a provider of LMI, but we also use LMI as well to inform our own decision-making in-house. And we are, I personally often talk about various parts of the UK. If, it's a, if we are working in, in London, then young people are, are very tech-driven. And if we're working in the northeast of England, young people are very uh, labour-driven in terms of engineering, etc. Now, that, that, for me, is just completely casting a wide net. Obviously, that's not, that's not a, a finite rule. What it is, is trends in those particular areas. And what we need to do is carefully select work experience and industry types based on what the, what the young people are telling us, but also what's realistic in the area. And uh, it's kind of a, it's too, maybe, maybe can construe as two polar, polarizing opinions, because there are a lot of young people in the various parts of the UK who want a career in finance or software or in, uh, in IT, as I've just mentioned, they find themselves in an area where they, where they reside that doesn't offer those opportunities. So yeah, lots of data that we crunch in this area. Steve might want to talk about data, but ultimately, yeah, we use it at both ends of the spectrum. Uh, what a start up attend there, Amos. Yeah, a lot there, definitely. Um, so, sorry, were you asking me a question? <laughs> I should be asking me a question or not. No, uh, no, no question for you, Amos. You, no, you, okay. You'd be, yeah, you you be the host. Yeah, <laughs> you make a great point. Um, you know, different areas, obviously, different um, sectors in the southeast is mainly finance based, whereas if you look in the north, uh, it's mainly industry. Um, this morning, uh, Steve, I don't know if you managed to catch the news. Uh, Bentley and crew uh, have uh, said that they've got a new electric model that they're going to be working on, which means jobs, which means more employment. Now, obviously, you know, we are based all over the country, but crew is a special place for the change in education group. Uh, headquarters being there, of course, and uh, working with local schools. There's lots of students who we've connected with uh, Bentley Motors. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's a huge. I think uh, our offices are obviously in the Crew uh, area, one of our offices, and um, I think the two largest employers in this area are uh, either the NHS, Leighton Hospital, uh, and then obviously after to that would be Bentley Motors. I think the declining. The third marketplace there would have been uh, rail network, uh, obviously construction of uh, trains uh, that has diminished. Um, so yeah, it's it's certainly a uh, an area. Obviously, electric cars. Uh, we what are they what they aiming for 2030, 2035? There'll be no you know, going completely electric of our transport. So uh, when you talked about emerging markets, definitely. Uh, it's part of that a uh, transportation that digital um, and electronic uh, transportation uh, it's something that uh, it will impact on us locally because obviously there will be more jobs because obviously all the uh, industries such as uh, the car industry manufacturing engineer are converting over to uh, electric motors so yeah positive from that point of view i mean i'm not a this is this week is i'm not a uh, an expert this is definitely a uh, has a careers I think all our careers advisors are far more an expert on LMI than me. Uh, you know, if I go back to uh, my uh, 
small knowledge base. Uh, I understand that, you know, individuals, young people, you know, should have access to high quality labor market information and uh, earnings data because, you know, that does underpin their choices for the future and obviously informs their knowledge base. So I can obviously going back to the complete basics when he was listening, this is where my mindset is and obviously understanding what the LMI is and you know, obviously for a young person to be understand those emerging markets and obviously jobs and careers that actually don't exist yet uh, is, is super important. It kind of ties in with Matthew's overview, which is obviously dependent on where you live in the country as you've just pointed out of Bentley, you know, if you want a career in Bentley, then the likelihood is that, uh, you know, you're going to have to consider relocation. And although thanks to COVID that we are working from home, when we look at certain industries, especially manufacturing, uh, you are going to have to consider where you are in the UK or the world if you want to uh, follow your heart's desire when it comes to a career pathway. And obviously understanding those marketplaces and those emerging markets are super important. Absolutely, Steve. Matthew, you know, Steve makes a really good point. Um, you know, somebody once said to me, 80% of careers uh, in the future don't even exist right now, which is a crazy uh, figure to think of. Um, when you look at places like Manchester, you know, you look at the skyline, it's changing. Uh, the cranes in cities is always a good indication into where the direction that a city is going. Despite the inflation levels going up and all the doom and gloom we hear in the news, things seem to be going in the right direction in terms of jobs. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think so. But we look on employment levels as well. I mean, it's an interesting point, you know, 80% of jobs haven't been created yet. So there's an argument there, Amos, to say, well, what the hell are we teaching our young people at school then? You know, and I think we'll, I'll probably delve into the bridge between employment and, and schools. You know, what are we telling young people? Obviously, we employ careers advisors to talk to young people about about trends in their local area and trends in, within the economy and how to access work and where to look for jobs and whether they go on to further training or not. But I was listening to, I was listening to a podcast about Google and Google are basically saying that we control everything and we control labor market information for the next 10 years. We can flick a switch and change the whole world into tech-only industries. Therefore, what are these buildings in Manchester actually going to be doing? Well, they're probably going to be hosting servers. They're probably going to be hosting young people in there working on tech projects. You know, these construction projects, once they're built, well, the construction goes out the window and then it's, it's, it's over for tech. I think it's is it outdated? Is the model that we're doing outdated? You know, a lot of careers advisors will be listening to this podcast now. And, you know, with all due respect to a careers advisor, we are clueless about what we're telling our young people if 80% of jobs haven't been created yet. Because how do we know what's going to happen, especially if they then go on to university? Unless the links between the university and the school are so strong with the, the powerhouses in that local area if they are so strong and the the university course has got a sandwich element which means that they're going to work in employment i think that is that's becoming clearer and clearer that, that is something that you know education and industry agree on that even a teaching qualification now amos is very much i think 
ML stand corrected, but I think the old PGCE model where it was two teaching practices plus time in university, I think that has been recognised as outdated. The majority of teachers now learn on the job. I think on-the-job learning is going to be critical because if we do on-the-job learning, then the young person can work it out for themselves. They'll go into the office, they'll be online, they'll see the trends for themselves rather than the schools having to predict what is happening in the future because you can only predict it accurately if your links are so strong with industry. But then that is, that's a private sector and a public sector coming together and having an alignment through a connection. And those connections only exist in bubbles and people feed in to LMI government statistics and then we come out with uh, an algorithm that takes place and then careers advisor has access to what is happening now well that's what's happening now I think if you were if a young person went to do a workplace and was lucky enough to go into Google and they were flown over to Ireland into Dublin where the European headquarters are and they worked there for a week do you think they take much notice then of what their present school teachers telling them probably just they probably would turn off i imagine they would turn off the whole schooling and realize that actually what you're teaching me now has no relevance at all because these big tech giants are creating the narratives so i think that there's clearly i mean this is probably the same as when steve and i and yourself maybe amos was at school as well the same trends was that education may have been a little bit behind the starting block because big businesses really do drive a needle in terms of LMI. But, but I think that nowadays that needle has been shifted so far away from what we can actually comment on at, at a school level. And it's just my opinion, you know, listening to, you know, uh, big tech and I, I listen to a lot of what Mark Zuckerberg says. And at any moment in time, they can just switch the narrative. And if they switch the narrative, then our careers advisors, our school institutions have to quickly get up to speed. And that's never going to happen, in my opinion, because the tech giants are so far ahead of the game. But there has to be a recognition that, listen, the best people placed in, in the world, in the UK, in your local area, to inform on LMI are the industries themselves. And then... I, and then I'll suggest that work experience is so important. You know, employer links are so important because they are pushing the needle. Schools need to catch up. I think schools and careers advisors are always playing a catch-up game, Amos, I think. And if, if, we can, if we can get closer to the organisations, then we might be able to adapt the curriculum, adapt the careers agenda. So that, uh, in fact, the basic question, maybe it's a question such as, all the careers advisors go to visit Bentley. If we use Bentley as, an, as, a, as, an, as, a, as a topic, every careers advisor in the Midlands goes to Bentley and says, what shall we be telling our young people? What skills do they need to work in this industry? And then just transmit the information down a funnel that way. Because if we think that we know best, then uh, I think we're on a, uh, a pathway to uh, misplacing young people in, uh, in in industry. Absolutely, practical skills, and it's interesting. Uh, you picked up on the teacher training, more teachers training on the job uh, rather than the traditional way of doing the PGCE and then uh, going on to university. And the metaverse is taking over; things are changing. 
Um, Steve, you know, you put a post up a few weeks ago, which was really interesting. And it said, imagine if skills actually helps kids identify their strengths by exploring their talents. And it kind of relates to what Matthew was saying. Things are changing so fast that skills are completely outdated. They're out of the system and they're not tapping into the talents of the young other students and uh, using those skills to help them to uh, prepare for the future in a better way and allow them to enhance those skills that they already have. Uh, which are innovative and uh, can help us uh, explore new ways of doing things as Google or uh, Meta, uh, Facebook are doing. You know, going back to that post that you put up, what was what, what was it that stood out for you? What was it that the point that you were trying to make in terms of what schools can do to support young people uh, preparing for uh, the world of work? Well, that was a, uh, you know, no, it was a it wasn't off the cuff comment off the back of an article that I'd read, and about um, a critical analysis of my own children who are going through um, key stage uh, three, four, and uh, going into college. And I really, you know, again, it's not a critique of you know the individual schools. It's not a critique of any teachers or the way that we do stuff. It was just a a thought process that you know if you are uh, only able based on resources time staffing to deliver a a standardized program that caters for one pathway is in you know working towards the same gcses um then you know i was just commenting on the fact is, is that we're not really embracing individual talent and that you know for a student to succeed a student who wants to be i don't know a mechanic uh when they're going through key stage three and four, how much of their curriculum is relevant for that career pathway and that transition? Now, there'll be people here who'll be raging at me saying that all of the lessons are relevant and they all develop life skills, social skills, employability skills under, and, and, and help career progression. And I would argue differently. I don't think they do. I think there's some elements that of the core uh, curriculum that definitely do maths, English, et cetera. But when it comes to the actual understanding uh, of becoming a mechanic or going into specific engineering or I don't know, you want to be whatever, you know, we, the system is very rigid in its in its approach, which is to get you to have, uh, you know, core GCSEs in preparation into transition into a specific uh, career pathway or education. So. You know, you've done it just generic learning and now you're going to go into college or university and you're going to focus and study in this individual area. And that that works. You know, we know it works. It worked for me. Uh, but then some students it doesn't work for. And, and, and unfortunately, and I think I've mentioned this before, the system is geared towards an academic transition rather than a vocational transition. And again, there'll be people that are just raging with me. How dare I? But I, I, I think I could argue the point and I could definitely get figures that would argue that we don't cater as well as we should for those students who want to go on a vocational pathway. And that links back to today's comment, which is is to do with, or today's topic, sorry, which is to do with uh, the labor market, labor market information. And, uh, you know, the schools are under pressure now. Gatsby Benchmark, is it too? They've got to evidence it as part of Gatsby Benchmark that they are, the students are uh, 
taking part uh, during their time in education. Uh, and I, actually, I was testing myself and it's like, what does it even mean? What are it, you know, test myself on examples of labor market information. You know, I did a little, went online, did a bit of research. And I think I, I, I scored low, shall I say, Amos, scored very low. So I give you the examples that I found. And, you know, I got probably three or four of these uh, and, and I should have done better. But obviously our career staff will have got all of these. Uh, so when we're looking at examples of labor market information, we're looking at skills, careers, pathways and progression routes. We're looking at job applications and interviews. We're looking at educational institutions, courses, qualifications, entry requirements and costs. Uh, we have to consider employment sectors, employers, jobs, salaries and employment trends. We have to consider jobs, training and apprenticeships. We have to consider job demands and working life. And we have to consider financial planning. Now, it's quite a big list of things for uh, an individual to consider, but then also quite a large list of a, uh, an, a, learning, a, a learning environment educator uh, to shoe on already into a very crammed curriculum. So, you know, if we're saying that students need to process all that information uh, from year seven, you know, how much time is actually spent? If we were to do analysis, what percentage of the academic year is actually spent on educating a young person or offering learning resources or learning environments where they actually are understanding the labour market? So that's kind of my critique. Uh, I'm sure you know, Matthew's the teacher out of the two of us. He's probably uh, much more qualified to um, to discuss that. But yeah, going back to my original statement, it was basically a critique saying that you know we 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 have got a very rigid education system and it does not cater for students who are already um, thinking of a vocational pathway. I'm sure people will argue differently. Thank you for sharing that with us, Steve. Matthew, uh, what's your closing statements today? What would you like to share with us? Uh, I mean, just just picking up on Stephen's kind of rigidity of the. Uh, of the education system, I think that you know that's, that's a, a constant theme. It's probably not the education system's fault. It's just you know schooling is just big, schools and colleges and universities that are, are, are much older than the institutions that are part of the metaverse and part of the uh, that make up LMI data. So it's not that they're at fault. It's just that it is just a very much outdated model and it will continue to be outdated because the need has been pushed further away from schools uh you know I'd, if you look at look at people like uh companies such as Klarna uh, and who else uh, let's think jim shark and maybe one more uh, social chain. You know, three very young entrepreneurs in uh, Stephen uh, Bartlett, Ben Francis, and, and a chap called Sebastian. These are social chain. Now, these are the people that really should be informing schools and colleges across the globe of what to teach our young people. Uh, re re-engineering the, the, the careers pathway because. I think these are the people that would say as well that they didn't really learn much at school. But yet these three individuals, they're one in, you know, 
potentially older than that are billionaires and employ hundreds of thousands of people across the UK, uh, across the world, sorry. So it, people like that really should be informing the, uh, the, the careers pathways of young people. And I think that if the schools, the Department of Education in the UK could recognise that there is, uh, there is a need for real people to be in schools delivering this information alongside existing career staff. This isn't me saying that, you know, sack everybody and, and bring industry professionals into schools. But I think that, you know, the, the big guys out there should really, and other people that, like I said, push the needle, create the narrative and change the world in an instant. You know, they really can. Uh, the local labor market information would go out the window because it wouldn't be a lo local labor market. Local labor market, these guys would just completely wipe the floor with any business. But if they can come and work with schools and find a way, not them personally, but for them to actually uh, maybe lobby at a higher level, then I think we might get somewhere uh, with this whole topic and, and re-engineer the way that we uh, that we get young people to research careers and fill out application forms and, uh, and so on and so forth, as Steve mentioned. Absolutely. Uh, something certainly needs to change and it's bringing in some of these entrepreneurs who've got experience of uh, doing things a little bit different to the traditional ways. Thank you for sharing that with us, Matthew. Steve, what are your final words for today? Yeah, you know, based on... Um... I guess I could say the same thing at the end of every show, don't I? Knowledge is power. You know, at the end of the day, uh, whoever's listening, may it be an educator, a careers advisor, you know, whoever you are, even a student, you know, there's probably, when I did my research, hundreds of different uh, resources available to you to inform your knowledge base when it comes to LMI. Uh, I mean, the one that I fell on, uh, which I'm, currently actually research and see if we can embed it as a company called uh, if people google lmi for all.org.uk and there's a career career meter which helps the students self-analyze the lmi and their career pathway so you know that's just one of multiple uh, support uh, products that are out there resources that a young person could use and obviously the government if you go into .gov there's there's a report there that tells you about the career trends an up-to-date report telling you the career trends over the next few years so you know knowledge is power you know at the end of the day uh you you do need to do your research and and and, and understand first of all what lmi is before obviously we start sharing that knowledge with young people we need to be fully informed of what we're trying to tell them and actually based also on the time that we have available what can we uh pragmatically achieve in the time that we've got with them so it is a challenge for people to educate young people uh, and obviously making sure that we don't um, we don't go off on a tangent and, and we use our time wisely. And uh, obviously, the for me, I'd have to agree with Matthew, probably spending a student spending half an hour listening to a podcast of some of these huge entrepreneurs who've, who've revolutionized the way that they do business, it would probably be better time spent than doing anything else so you know podcasts of these people they are very clever people uh, and very informative 
Yeah, great information there again. And, you know, there are um, a lot of young people out there who are very savvy and they, they know what they want and they'll go and do their own research. Uh, they would have looked into uh, the future trends and seen where things are going and made decisions of their own as well. So we have to give them credit as well uh, for what they do. Guys, thank you so much indeed for your company today. It's been uh, an interesting one, labor market information, lots changing. Uh, it's a fluid industry. There's uh, things that are constantly changing, uh, as I mentioned. But if you want to find out more about what we do, please do check out our, our website, which is changingeducation.co.uk. And of course, you can email us, info at changingeducation.co.uk. Until next week, from Matthew, from Steve, and for myself, Amos, thank you very much. Bye-bye.